G'day Footyology listeners, Roko here. Enjoy our podcast? Well, you can become an official Footyology podcast supporter simply by using the supporter feature through ACAST. There's no subscription or regular commitment, just the sheer satisfaction that comes with knowing you've kept the debt collectors from our door. No, just kidding. It does help though. If you want to get started, you just need to follow the support this show link in the show description. Thanks again. And now let's get on with it. G'day everyone, I'm Rowan Connolly. I'm Mark Fine. And we are here on Footyology TV to take apart a big round seven of AFL football, which is all done and dusted. What'd you make of it, Fine? Look, no upsets, but I think Jack Darling's form is relevant as West Coast become a bit of a factor. Darling. Yes, it... thanks, Peter. Richmond, just, they are, I think they're a class above, really. Their ability to just put a space between themselves and others Said it towards last the week. end of the game. Said it last week. And Ballarat, Mars Stadium, it's just beautiful to watch some outdoor football and see good footballers struggle with and overcome conditions. I love that. I love games at Mars. There have been two beauties. There is life on Mars. There certainly is. Um, my observation out of it all is I'm big on, you'll be familiar with this, the round seven rule. Oh, yeah. Which is there is minimal change to the top eight after seven rounds of footy. In fact, over the last 17 seasons, there have only been five occasions where there's been more than one change to the eight after round seven. So if you're not in the eight now... Get a wriggle on. Uh, the likelihood is, now there's exceptions like the Swans last year, of course, Richmond 2014. But if you are more than a game out now, history will say you're pretty stuffed. So uh, danger signs there for the stragglers on the ladder. Let's not waste any more time. Let's get straight into the wraparound. Rightio, Finey, we feature three games and have an in-depth discussion on them, but we don't neglect the others. We'll uh, go into those also in some detail. I thought we should start with the last game of the round, though, Finey, because in terms of the quality of footy played, certainly in scoring terms, it was a corker, wasn't it? Brisbane just falling short of Collingwood. Another uh, lesson in gallantry, if you like, from the Lions. If, the, uh, if there was a gallantry ladder, Finey, they would be right near the top Instead of winless, they certainly deserve a win, I reckon. They've had um, some great performances without actually snatching a win. Seven points in the end to the Pies. Five goals to Jordan Degoe. He was fantastic for them. Probably the difference in the end set up the match-winning goal for, or the match-sealing goal for um, Jaden Stevenson. For the Lions, uh, Dane Zorko back in touch. And boy, did that make a difference. Oh, Steph Martin was terrific in the ruck for them. And Dane Beams. Uh, we've both got a man crush on him, we've confessed, but he was terrific again. 31 disposals and a ripping goal, which gave them a chance right at the end. Uh, they're definitely on the right track, Brisbane. I think it's uh, it's really sort of unjust that they're still to win a game. First of all, the doomsayers who were sort of um, chicken-littling AFL football that the sky is falling would have been very comfortable with the first eight games of the round, especially under the roof at Eddie Head on Sunday afternoon, Melbourne and St Kilda. St Kilda couldn't hit the side of the side of a barn if they were 
standing a foot away from it and inaccurate kicking, low scoring. North Sydney was a grind, good game. But then, 19-7 to 18-6, there was some rain even. There was, it certainly was slippery and, and dewy outdoors and a beautiful display of high scoring, ball movement. And I know a lot of the narrative will be Brisbane because at 0-7 it seems unjust. Mm. There'll be a lot of talk about young Eagles who made his debut at 28. Great story. I think we saw the arrival of a champ in the future, Rayner. Yeah, he was great in the last quarter, wasn't he? Some of those centre clearances. But that was a very brave win by the Pies. Third game in 11 days. Yeah, no, not to be underestimated. Brisbane are flying at them. They're flying at them, really. Mm. And Pendlebury, best on ground in the first half, is off for the second half. Yeah. Now, this was a great win. I know a lot of people will talk about Dugowie, as they should, and Mm. you did. Mason Cox was good. I thought Travis Varco, often maligned, was wonderful in that last quarter when it mattered. Yeah. And... Collingwood. Oh, well, that Phillips. Can I just throw in Phillips? Because yeah, yeah. he's playing some really good footy for Yeah, them. yeah. Look, they get a win that may well be the difference between a spot in the eight or a, a spot for a home final. It's mm. going to be tight. Yeah. And I think they, they're right in the mix. And that win was full of character. Uh, again, easy to, you know, focus on the lesser team and the have-nots in Brisbane. But Collingwood won a great game this weekend. If we were doing our, uh, as we used to once upon a time, our form ladder. Yeah, yeah, which was, we, a, fair, which was a fair way of well, assessing. Well, where would Brisbane be? They'd be higher than probably, they'd be higher, higher than, than the bottom five. Higher, higher than Carlton. Yeah, that's Higher than St Kilda. Yeah. Higher than Essendon. No doubt. And maybe, oh look, they'd be pretty close to GWS. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. what had GWS done? Yeah, we're sort of ones. The one to one GWS are drawn, drawn with St Kilda. Yeah. Pretty ordinary. Yeah. And sort of um, not all that impressive in a couple of their wins. So, yeah. Yeah, I reckon they'd be on our form ladder, which we used to do to sum up expectation, performance, put it all together. Brisbane, not that far off some of the better teams. I just hope, in, in some ways, it's a real uh, testament to the character Chris Fagan has instilled in that group, that they're able to keep reproducing that, this without having the reward for the effort. Because yep. you, you're familiar with this. You see a, a side that's sort of down on its luck, try and try and try, and they have a, a few narrow defeats. And then get and, the almighty thrashing. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, this has now gone on for seven weeks, and with the exception, unless there's one I'm forgetting, I mean, yes, they were shocking against Richmond, but they've been competitive and virtually that, that every now, other week. And that now is no no surprise because Richmond are a, a class above. Absolutely. But uh, I, I really hope they break through for a win soon because they absolutely deserve <laughs> do one. They, do they play Essendon next week? Well, yeah, have, to, <laughs> have to be. That's uh, a good joke. Well, I'll tell you um, this. St Kilda, <laughs> beat them be round, St Kilda beat them round one. There's no way if St Kilda were playing Brisbane next week, yeah. they'd beat them. What about when, when St Kilda plays Essendon finally? That's going to be one for the ages, isn't it? Well, you know what? Might be most behinds wins. You know what? One of those teams, if that game was next week, which it's not, would take the sort of confidence and be talking up the performances. A, a kickstart to the season. It's funny what a week is in football, and a win. You know that's all. Weeks it long. Takes. Yeah, you that border no, dangerously on a weeks a long time. It's not that, but a win just changes the perspective entirely. It does. It does. Okay. Well, uh, yeah. Great game, and echo your sentiments. High scoring, accurate, 
fantastic. I wish there were more games like it. And Sidebottom played well again. Might just you take it could as, he, could he take be, it as red. Is he Brownlow favourite at the moment? Uh, him, him Canelio up there. Canelio, Martin, yeah. those three. Yeah, on ballers, surprisingly, because you yeah. don't usually see on ballers sort of featuring the Brownlow. Yep. Yeah. Let's go, let's go huh. to game number two. It started off the round, and uh, has there been a bigger anti-climax of a Friday night game this year? Mm. I'd say resoundingly no, because Geelong absolutely did a number on an insipid GWS, 14.993 to 4.832, second lower score in the Giants' I was going to say storied history, but sort of short storied history. Um, great effort by the Cats, given the absentees. Tom Hawkins, I thought that was the headline out of it. Real return to form from yep. him. He was gr- clunking everything, and he kicked four. Yep. Radigalia. I thought Radigalia almost before Hawkins gripped the game. Radigalia set the time. Yeah, he really did. He didn't know he did. He, he was did. a menace early, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, no, he's, he's great. He's been a fantastic find for him. Yep. And the goals shared around. I think uh, might be eight, nine goal kickers in total. This is without a host of players. Now, I mean, you can't talk about this game without talking about absentees. Yes, GWS had plenty. I'll read theirs. Cameron, Deledio, Green, Kelly, Kennedy, Lobb, Scully, Williams. Fair bit of talent there. Cameron and Deledio had been playing as well for them as anyone. However, here's DeLong's. Ablett, Cockatoo, Cam Guthrie, Henderson, Hall and Smith, one player, McCarthy, Parfit, Menzel, Smith and Taylor. Yeah, very strong outs, aren't they? Both, so, both sides. So what, what does that say? I reckon the, the one doubt we had on the Cats last year was about the quality of the bottom few players in their best side. I reckon, that, I reckon that's been taken care of. Okay. The again, depth is good. Again, look, the problem with Geelong is, and Geelong supporters won't like this after a great win, their ladder position come finals time mm-hmm. is artificially enhanced by playing home games at Cadinia Park. Well, it's it, not artificially enhanced. It is. It is because they have a genuine home ground advantage Yeah, that they don't take into the finals with them. A lot of teams almost selection-wise opt out when playing down there. Except for Sydney, a lot of teams concede, concede the game. Yeah, no, I know Some where you're do- coming from. Yeah, no, well, I've, I've right. been told that had that game been a preliminary final, yeah. there would have been three or four of those GWS players would have played. Yeah, Rory Lobb definitely would have played. Yeah. Uh, now, you know, that... Anyhow, that should not take away from some great performances by Geelong players who will now make it difficult at the selection table. Well, just have a think about who they've added to the mix, right? Radagalia yeah, has very been good. really important. Very good. Um, Kelly is like well, Kelly's, says, Kelly's a great pickup under the nose of those WA two WA teams. Yeah, and the, the the importance of him is pretty obvious, isn't it? Abbott yeah. out at the moment, and yet because of Kelly and because of Duncan's great game, they're yeah. able to leave Dangerfield forward for large yeah. portions of that game. So there's a flexibility there that they didn't have previously. Um, that's not all. What's the um, name of the young defender again? Just Stewart. Blank. No, no, Tom Stewart. He's, He's been terrific. Henry. That's it, Tom Henry, Tom Henry, Jack Henry, Jack Henry. Got very old-fashioned names, some of the Geelong blokes, haven't yep. they? Um, so, yeah, look, I, I only had them seventh for my pre-season ladder, but I'm prepared to admit that that's too low. I, I think they'll be right in it up to their necks as far as the top four spot goes. What about the other mob? I, I don't think they're a top four team, but you know what? They've got their Cats last year. Cats or Giants? Geelong. Yeah, okay. What about the Giants? All right, GWS were very disappointing, and 
Yeah, look, as disappointing as they were, I don't think it's a panic station situation because the players that come back in, the players that replaced them were so inferior to Geelong's replacement players. Now, how does that happen? It happens because... How does that happen? It happens because it's very hard for GWS to retain border, you know, those sort of borderline players, mm. uh, given A, Carlton, <laughs> given that uh, they swooped on them, but also that a lot of the players that have left GWS just didn't see themselves having any future at the club. Yep. Taking Jack Steele at St Kilda, quite a good player, good backup player, mm. easy to seduce out of GWS uh, because of the guilt-edged quality of their best 22. It falls away quite quickly. So let's just look at what we're dealing with. A couple of factors to be borne out. You know what? You are making a big mistake as a football pundit or even just a bloke or a gal at the pub talking about footy. If every time you talk about Deledio being a real plus this year, you also mention Ryan Griffin. Because Ryan Griffin's not a plus this year. Struggling. You know, Ryan Griffin, oh, he does a couple of nice things again. But he's, as you saw, when asked to step up, I think now he's a real fringe player. He's real cream on the top. They needed him to perform far more ably. Uh, he saw, you know, the first, first two or three weeks I thought, okay, mm -hmm. uh, the finishing post is rapidly approaching and they don't want to make the same mistake that they did last year with Steve Johnson because that really affected them during the finals, cost them a bit, I reckon. Uh, he's sure. I'm not sure about it. Okay, enough on that game. Uh, fair to say, though, they need a win full of character, I think, to get the sceptics back on board. Um, all right, game number three. And uh, an unexpected, perhaps, absolute belter, and probably in some ways, or in most I, ways, the antithesis of that Brisbane-Collingwood game. And I should apologise, because I said uh, when we did the intro that no upsets this round. Well, this was a major upset. Indeed it was. Um, and I should have picked you up on that, and I failed to. But fantastic win for the Kangaroos. 9-14-68, defeated Sydney 9-12-66. Um, Mason Wood, fantastic for the Roos with four. Higgins was great for them, always to the forefront when they play well. Jacobs did his usual fantastic, I'm saying that a lot, tagging job. Uh, Wright, Cunnington, Anderson, all good contributors. What about, I'll just throw this to you to kick off the discussion. Is the SCG not the fortress it was for the Swans? They lost to Port there and oh, yeah, they no lost way. to, um, who they lost to? Adelaide. No, so they've lost three there already absolutely. this year. It's bringing, it brings other teams into the game. Is that because of the way the game's going, do you think? Well, uh, look, North Melbourne this year have been ferocious in contested ball. All the yeah. numbers back well, that's up. That's I'm getting it. It, it. They back that up. but And it almost, if you want to run a form line through this, Adelaide's win against North last week, which was, in the end, pretty comprehensive and, and a resounding victory, mm. uh, speaks volumes for where Adelaide is at, by the way. Uh, North Melbourne are throwing the kitchen sink at their opponents. They yep. really are going hard at the ball, hard at the opponent. And at the SCG, that means that the game is going to be played in pretty close quarters. Now, no slur on North Melbourne, but SCG, Buddy Franklin, nine goals apiece. I think he plays and 
north are not within striking distance all night. Mm. You know, they're always within a cobra spit of winning this game because there's nobody up forward for Sydney to kick the goals. They really had to, you know, almost sort of rugby style, just force it to the line every time they got a goal. I reckon that, I, I really, now that I've hit on this theory, I'm, I'm going to keep banging away at it. I reckon there really is something in that. The ga- as the game ha- generally has become more contested and tight, uh, the Swans brand is is just vanilla, everybody's isn't brand. it? Yeah, exactly. It's everybody's brand. Yeah, so, yeah. And thus the um, the advantage of that small ground has, has probably worn off. So the stars in that team need to stand up. All right, but he's not playing. Fair enough. Mm. Oh, uh, Hannibury. Hannibury. But he's part of that midfield crush. Yeah. Uh, so you need some goal-kicking prowess. And Tom Papley a bit disappointing. He had a yeah. kick late in the game. He's a terrible set shot of goal. Well, he's, in, his conversion this yeah. year has been shocking. Isaac Heaney did not appear at any time in the game. He was the sort of bloke that might have been a game-breaker. Although, isn't it funny that that great win down at Geelong and seven in the last quarter, the smaller forward setup seemed to be perfect. Yeah, yeah it, it was, but obviously not reliable like Richmond's. Yeah. Gary Rowan, no. You know, it, it can work, but... Yeah. It didn't work, and as a result, North were always in the game, and it took one player to break the nexus, to not be missing shots, and it just happened to be a, a good story. It was Mason Wood. Yeah, and I've got to say, hats off to Brad Scott, because he has sort of bucked a trend, and there was a good piece in the uh, Herald Sun about this. I think Sam Landsberger wrote it. North um, already had that attacking bent. They were very productive score-wise for a team... It was as low on the ladder last yeah, year. That's right. And this year, their defensive numbers have gone through the roof. You know, so Which is where your Bonners should have altered their... We knew that Essendon could attack, but yeah. they've made no concession to defend. No. Well, I think they attempted to, but North have done it brilliantly. I mean, um, Tarrant and Thompson playing terrific footy for them. So is Marley Williams. He's, uh, he's yeah, Luke, Mac- Luke McDonald as well. Yeah. And um, a lot of courage from North. Ed Vickers-Willis. Yeah. He... Flew for one Kennedy ball. Into the point well, he flew for one ball and ended up sort of winding himself and hurting himself. But that did not, in any way, stop him from again, time and time again, courageously going for the ball. And you know what? It looked for a while. Come now back. Ball's rolling away. Come back, Tommy. You ball's know, a Sydney supporter. You know, it looked early on in the year. Yes, North were dangerous. If Ben Brown fired. Yeah. And this is a great win without him really firing. Yeah, yeah. No, no, great. Uh, look, there. Um, I did say, I mean, I hate to say I told you so, but I told you so. Everyone w- had North on the bottom of the ladder. No, you, 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 were, you were a bit bullish about them. Well, as bullish as you can be putting a team 14th. That's right. hardly bullish. But they will, uh, you know, there's every chance they're going to finish a fair bit higher than 14th. And, you know, they had a player in great form who, who was... Uh, a no-show on the weekend. Magic Door has been powerful. Mm. They'll welcome him back. Yeah, yeah. arms. No, absolutely. No, great win. And uh, well done, Roos. It's, uh, I enjoy seeing the Roos defy the uh, critics. Yeah, any team with two Zs in it is good for me. Okay, yeah, got it. Zerha, Zerha. Yeah, no, that's, got it. Is I, got that it. The, I think that's the first time in the Teams football. Teams with two Zs. Uh, first time ever. What about Ray Zemsky played for Hawthorne? No, Michael Zemsky. I was at Michael. Wasn't yeah, it? I should know. I played a lot of cricket with Michael. Oh, did you? For Ajax? Yeah, Okay. Ended up playing for falling out. I did. I played yeah. a lot of cricket against Ajax. Um, always very competitive. Good, the Ajax good cricketer, Zemo. Good footballer too. He yeah. played the day Huddo turned up at the VFL Park Waverley. You know. Oh, 73. Played in that game. Yeah, in the helicopter. The helicopter game. Yep. All right, but we digress. So let's get on to the other games now. They are our feature games, but these we will cover off 
all the important details as well. So the game on Mars, Finey. Second, second game ever at Mars. And uh, I speak, of course, of Mars Stadium in Ballarat. And uh, unexpected uh, tight one, this one. Everyone, I think everyone expected the doggies to do it easy. But Gold Coast, uh, again, on the um, moral victory ladder, Gold Coast, as indeed Brisbane, would be sitting quite nicely, I think, at the moment. Only down by nine points in the end and were within a kick with uh, five minutes to play. Oh, they were... Absolutely part of this game. Without Day and Winch, uh, May and Winch. Correct, but there was. And look, Bonfampelli was a low withdrawal, and um, with all respect to Marmalade Mosque, he's no Bonfampelli. That is Honeychurch. There was a one. No. Oh, a, yeah, okay, yeah. What's his nickname? Well, Marmalade, Marmalade is Mosque. honey. Sweet. Never liked Marmalade. Too bitter. Okay. There was one big difference between these two teams, and his name was Jack McRae. He starred yeah, in 40 possessions. Yeah. He used the ball beautifully when others didn't. Uh, look, there were good performances by players in both teams. Ainsworth was great up forward as a small forward for the Gold Coast. Crossley in his first game, a uh, bit of a Nat Carroll lookalike, was tough and willing, um, Boyd was poor for three quarters, but to his credit, had a big say in the last quarter. And in the end, and also, they have to make comment of Billy Gowers. Mm. He's dangerous around the goals. He's, He's kept, been good for him this year. about 11 or I mean, when you talk about their year, he'd definitely be one of the pluses, I think. And Jack Martin's a, bl- a bloody good footballer. Yeah. What's it, uh, Tom Boyd's gone all sort of... Do you worry about blokes that suddenly go all her suit? Um... You know what? If it's her suit, let her be the best judge of it. Oh, look, uh, he, they've all got funny hairdos this year. Well, who Stratt- was Stratton and so all of them? Someone's arguing very seriously to me that Dyson Heppel wouldn't be taken seriously as a captain until he had a haircut and a shave. Well, I've old-fashioned thinking. I know. Yeah, I've I actually mentioned it to you. Did Travis? It John- was you, was it? Did Travis Johnston no good? Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, a bit of bit of old school Mark Fine there. Yeah. All right. Let's move on. And um, by the way, I've got some I've got some news on that because I. Spoke to a very good friend of Dyson's. He'd like to get rid of it, but it's being shaved off for charity shortly, and it's all been organised. It's a bit oh, of fundraising to be done. Of course it has. Everything's sponsored. In time for the finals. Let's go to Adelaide. <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> That's good. Yeah, a bit richer than Kilda supporter making jokes like that, but never mind. Adelaide Carlton <laughs> on Saturday evening. Uh, big win to the Crows, 55 points. As you'd expect, um, fantastic performance from Mitch McGovern. Five from him. Josh Jenkins, three. It was a ripper. Yeah, it was a ripper. Geez, they've got some aerial ability, those two. Um, geez, the Blues are doing it tough, aren't they? All the casualties out already, of course. And then pro Levi Casbolt, that knee in the ribs. Oh, um, that, that looked Oh, painful. yeah. And he yeah. looked in. There was footage what's, of him getting wheeled out of the rooms to the hospital. And so he, what's the story? Um, I haven't actually heard an update as yeah. yet, but... He he looked to be in a heap of pain. It was right up high, too. Oh, yeah, so yeah, yeah. all the best to you, Levi, if you happen to be watching. 101st game, I think. Um, so, yeah, look, funnily enough, it sounds weird to say it of a 55-point defeat, but they showed a bit, the Blues, particularly oh, in that no, second... No, but they did in the second quarter. Yeah, a bit in the second quarter. Well, I that's mean, more I think than they have been showing. Well, Adelaide just were getting a bit ahead of themselves of some large S that yeah. um, was knocked out of them by... Um, Don Pike at half time. I'll, I'll say this, and I sort of turned on Fox Sports afterwards or Fox Football, and the caption underneath the uh, highlights of the game: "Brave Carlton overrun by Adelaide." 
I don't know where the bravery is to be 0-7 and seven, losing by 10 goals. I mean, it doesn't take all that much courage to get pantsed and be 0-7. and seven. And quite frankly, yeah, they've got some players that uh, they perform well within their own constraints. But apart from Paddy Cripps and a couple of others on Saturday night, those constraints would see them not make other teams. I don't think those away strips help. Those grey things are shocking. Yeah. And just one thing, Ken Quick. Ellis Yolman did a really good job on Cripps. Yeah, and he's he been is, good also. He's getting he? through his work well, isn't he? Yeah, no, he's been good. Yeah, very good. Um, let's, uh, sadly for me, go to the MCG on Saturday afternoon. And uh, it's a bit of a similar story, actually. Uh, Bomber's really good for about a quarter. And then were okay in the second quarter, but didn't really capitalise on it. And then did the now obligatory third quarter fade out in which they scored one behind to six goals three and it was all over, she wrote, at three-quarter time. Um, Very, very efficient performance by the Hawks. And you know what? I know you'll probably scoff, but the Bombers were fired up for this. Old enemy had to make a statement. Um, You know, Hawthorne been up for most of the season. You know, I reckon the Hawks would have known the opponent was going to come hard at them. And they just, they dealt with it. They absorbed the early pressure and just came out and sort of very dismissively went, whack, 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 see you later. Um, Roughhead, although Ruffy was terrific for him. Easily his best game of the year. Yeah, no, he, real commanding presence. And James Sisley, he's going to be a superstar, that bloke. And uh, um, one of the most dynamic key defenders in the league. I thought they were terrific. And I think that Don's, uh, in fact, I'm prepared to say right now, Essendon, Cannot make the finals. <laughs> of course they can't. Well, some some people tipped them to win the premiership, finally. Not yeah. me. Okay, well, maybe royalty did that. Now, I've got an interesting take on this game. Yeah. Because I thought Hawthorne had four or five players in scintillating form. Rough, as mentioned by Rowan Conley. Ruffhead, Sicily. Mm. Bruce is... Had a great season. He's playing the best football he's, he's played. Yeah. Mitchell, again, was very good. Yeah. I thought Burgoyne was excellent. He always is, yeah. Um, the kid with the mullet off the back line, 15. Hardwick. Yeah, he was excellent. Yep. And you know what? Then they had some players that were not playing that well. Shields was very good as well. Mm. And McAvoy always very good. Hurry up. Okay, I'm just saying that there were some gaps there as well for them. Frawley, just a, he wasn't great. And there were opportunities for Essendon. And Essendon, I, I've never... I, I am shocked at how some of the Essendon players are going. Oh, completely devoid what's of confidence. To, what's happened to McTip? Uh, I think he's injured. I, I, mean, I really think he is injured because he's just got no. He's got no pace. Uh, he's lost his pace. That he's got cannonball. No, that, that, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. He's no. not. He's not impacting on anything. No. No. Um, Sard is really struggling. Got caught a couple of times. Yeah. Um, you know, just player after player. And to be honest, they weren't that far out of the game, given the disparity in the performances. Mm. So there was a bit of character bias, and I think they were putting in, but I think too many players are way out of form. Oh, absolutely. Couldn't agree more. And I think leadership's a real issue there as well. All right, let's move on. And uh, you and I both thought this game was a chance for an upset, and boy, were we wrong. West Coast, easy 42-point winners over a... Port Adelaide, disappointing again. and that's, Terrible. Well, that's three losses out of four now for the power, and I think you've got to start wondering about their credentials. Well, I've got to, I've got to jump in and say that when you don't have Sheed, who's had a really good year, and you lose Luke Suey, 
I mm. mean, your midfield that is not vaunted at the best of times. I mean, this was a terrible blow to West Coast. The, Shuey did his hamstring yeah. at the start of the game, and their midfield is really, it, it, it's got Hutchings in it, Petricelli, oh, and it's up against a vaunted midfield. Mm. You know, Boke played really well. There's Ebert, there's obviously Robbie Gray, there's Sam Gray, there's Ollie Wines. Was Ollie there? No, I think he was. Maybe not. I couldn't see him. I don't know, I'm, just, I'm stuck on Petrocelli. He was, he was an American detective, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, and he's a very fast West Australian footballer. I but think, this was a very is. poor effort by Port, especially given that Ryder came back well. Yeah, he yeah. played all right. Yeah. They were poor Port Adelaide and West Coast. Well, they've got a potent forward line. Lacrae's playing well. Yep. Darling's playing well. Well, it's uh, six in a row for them now, isn't it? Mm. Um, you know, I'd love to see that forward line with that. Jack in the box, Ryan. Okay, just qu- yeah, yeah. Well, still a long way until um, he comes back. Just quickly though, you talked about Geelong being sort of inflated with that home ground advantage. Does the same apply for the Eagles? No, no, because the Eagles have always had, you know, twelve games at home. Yeah, they get the derby, mm. but that then they get on the plane and it's hard work. Yeah, you see, Geelong have got eight games at at Cardinia. Yeah, but they've also got. Eight games at the MCG already. Yeah, had. yeah, yeah. no, no sixteen. No, it's a fair bigger enough. number than. I just you get the look. I think West Coast have been fantastic. They've exceeded everyone's expectations, but we're still not really. You know, deep in our hearts, Finey, we don't think they're going to figure in the Premiership race, do we? Oh, look, Natanui is such an important element of mm. that story because they love playing around him, and he's just starting to roll into. Yeah. He's Ruckman, he's Rover, he's yeah, yeah. dynamic. And I tell you what, I saw something on the weekend, and it says something about West Coast, because I think they can be a bit selfish when things go wrong down there, yeah. that forward line and that team. Yeah. Darling took this beautiful mark in the goal square, and Kennedy was just cheering like a fan. Mm. He was so happy that another player... Oh, I think it, Kennedy is the ultimate team, man. But it just really, to me sung happy, you know, yeah. happy days at the new ground. No, good on them. And uh, they're very watchable too. I enjoy, oh, that's the I, other I enjoy thing. watching them play. You, you know, as good as Richmond are, they, they strangle and destroy teams and kill them, you know, just near the end of the game. Mm. West Coast are an exciting team. Yeah, they are. Great to watch. Yep. All right. Now, you mentioned Richmond. Let's move on to their latest um, demolition, and it was comprehensive indeed by, uh, as he does quick mental arithmetic, 77 points. 26 at three-quarter time. Over a uh, very um, 26 what? They were 26 points up at three-quarter time. Richmond? Yep. Is that all? Yep. Nah, it's more Three goals, eight, mate, 26 points. Jeez, you're right. Wow, eight goals to one eight behind in the last quarter. Eight goals to a point. There you go. No, so they did it again, the strangulation and then the... Um, Have a look at the three finals. Last week the against No, you're right. You're right. But they, they, to me, have definitely gone up a cog even on last year, I reckon. There, there's more. I think I've said this last week. I wrote about it. I think we underestimate their skill. They have got plenty of skill. The way they hit targets, it's not just Dusty Martin. I reckon they've got a lot of good boy users in that team now. And maybe it's just the result of winning and confidence. But they hit targets. They play efficiently. Um, they've got everything. What do they lack? Nothing. Have a look at the spread of goal kickers today. Oh, Three, yeah. six, yeah. nine, eleven goal kickers. No Coxon, no Greek. Yeah, correct. Christy got injured. Yeah, they are. 
they have taken this art form that they definitely do master at the G. That's okay. Not a bad place to be good at it. Mm. They're not third they in a row. Yeah, they don't quite execute it the same at Eddie Head. We've seen, you know, last year they lost. Yeah, yeah. Or in the state. Yeah. But they put teams wide at the G, and the teams just can't move out of the out of these wide wings and deep pockets and flanks. Mm. Grounds are quite thin compared to the G, and teams are just incapable of moving out of this this grip that they get this this void that they get stuck in. And when Richmond won it, they just go down the corridor. Martin becomes offensive. Yeah, they defend brilliantly. Like I, I was really trying to look at that today, the way that they swarm the opposition ball carrier, not just one but two or three. But there's a an old fashionedness about the way they play offensively, and that is that they're not in the slightest bit scared to go to a contest and back themselves in the contest. Yep. And you see these other t- teams, and I think the two teams we support are guilty of it, they're so paranoid about kicking to a contest, they'll do anything to avoid it, kick to an uncontested player. The Tigers will just go bang, bang, bang and back themselves and nine times out of ten win the contest. Ultimately, that is what has made a huge difference to them and why they were able to turn around last year. They stopped. They were guilty of doing what our teams do and they just said, bugger it. We think we're good enough to win a contest. We're going to back ourselves to do so. And they do. Love watching them. You know, there's one team that can impersonate them to the point of maybe beating them. I don't know if they could beat them. And that's West Coast because what Alex Rands does, because he's such a master defender, he allows players who see that he's in a good position, Hawley and, and Jaden Short and other players out of the back line, can start running forward of the ball as soon as they see that Rance yeah. is in the contest and not severe. You know, if it's, yeah. if it's 50-50, they know Rance is not going to lose. Well, it's all, I mean, it's all about trust, isn't it? It's, Correct. It's complete it, trust, trust in Trust and Rance. cohesion, and that's what it's all about. He, he, is, he is backed up by Grimes yeah. to do defensive work, but once Rance is going for the ball... The forward movement begins, and maybe West Coast can do that with McGovern. Yeah, Asbury too. Don't forget. You know I'm saying they play. They play the backup to yeah. the overly attacking Rance. Yeah. If 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 he's um, short circuited. Yeah. But as soon as he's going for the ball, have a look at the movement out of the back line of the runners. Yeah. Oh, it's impressive. So right now, we've got to be quick here, but right now, you'd be silly not to say Richmond versus someone in the grand final, wouldn't you? Oh, Richmond. Even at this stage. You'd actually be silly not to say Richmond Richmond lifting the flag, lifting lifting the cup, because no team understands how to play them at the G. Yeah. And I think at the moment they deserve to be red-hot favourites. All right. We picked over the carcass of my club, finally. Now let's pick over the carcass of yours. No carcass. Disappointing, <laughs> disappointing again. Uh, nine, no, they 9-13, 67, St Kilda, uh, going under by 39 points against Melbourne, 16-10. 106, no carcass, and they weren't disappointing. Explain. No, they, they weren't disappointing. Oh, they were. No, they weren't. Why weren't they disappointing? Because they're inferior. Because they've got too many inferior players. They're not a, you know. So what? Okay. So contest by contest, it just became. So clear. why did we ever rate them then? Uh, why did we? What basis were we rating them? And I did it too. Yeah. Look, we were. They were rated well at the start of last season. Yeah, correct. By the end of last season, people realised that there was a, a miss in the machine. And if you don't understand that football, in the end, 
big games and many games and finals are won by star players. It's no coincidence that Martin wins a Brownlow and then wins a Norm Smith and Richmond wins a flag. Yeah. And they've got Rance, who we've spoken about, and Rewalt. These are, these are leagues ahead of any of St Kilda's best players. And St Kilda just has... All right, so who are St Kilda's best players? Jack Stephen. Look, he's good. He'd be nice in a good team. Mm. But he's not a superstar. And then there's a drop-off after him to just absolute... Well, probably right now, the next best player after him is Seb Ross. And oh, he's... just... He's just... Honestly... No, but well, who... Yeah, no, I know what you're saying, no. but who's sort of better than Seb Ross? No one. No Stephen? one. There's no one yeah. better than anyone. You know, the big problem St Kilda has had over the last few years, and I've realised it, is terrible drafting of tall players. Do you know that every St Kilda tall was not drafted? What do you mean? Nathan Brown... Oh, Trey. Carlisle, yeah, yeah, yeah. Robertson, who's saw, yeah. Bruce, yeah. Membry, yeah. except for McCartan, yeah. Hickey and Longer, they all come from other clubs. And Kevin yeah. has been incapable of adding any tall class through the draft. All right, really quickly. Melbourne uh, and Melbourne. Let's talk about Melbourne very yeah. quickly. Hogan. Yeah, oh, that's my line. Correct, but I was uh, saying it today. He was great. He yeah, was great. He was and did, aren't he and Tom McDonald a great forward tandem too? Yep. They seem to work really well together. And Wiedemann bobbed up today too, so they got... Seven goals out of there. Mate, Murray, Murray Wiedemann would have bobbed up the way St Kilda was playing. <laughs> and uh, I, tell you, I tell you what, Christian Petrarca, I didn't see his numbers, but geez, he, he just oozes class. Yeah, and through all of that, you know what, Clayton Oliver and Nathan Jones, yeah, just when the, ball was, when the ball's bobbling around in the middle, yeah. they actually get it. they got some serious talent, haven't they? And the fact that they can afford to play like a Jordan Lewis off half-back, mm. you got Hibbard, Hibbard, Hibbard having a good season good again. He was very good today. Yeah, no, look, they're... Um, just need to see them do it over a period of weeks. But they're very, very, very capable side. And it was good to see them put four quarters together that didn't have a miss. Because every week this year, they've had one quarter to, to really embarrass them, even yeah. in their wins. But this week was a really nice, even performance. All right, that is our wraparound for this week. Time to move on. Rightio, the highs and lows at around seven. I'm going to kick us off, Finey, and I'm starting with a hot, a very hot, a scorching, and his name is Mason Wood. And in the Roos, fantastic win over the Swans. He was absolutely pivotal. Kicked the winning goal, of course, but it wasn't just that. He kicked four for the evening, 17 possessions, nine marks, four, uh, four of those nine marks contested. And I've always had a bit of a thing about this bloke. He's always looked capable, but he's just never had continuity, either injuries or just couldn't string enough decent patches together. But not that their forward line isn't already pretty productive, but he sort of completes the puzzle a bit for me, just that medium size forward, and that's the way forward setups are going. Um, he just he gives them so much when he's part of that side. I really hope this is the performance that sort of launches him into the full potential. I think North people certainly have known he's had for a number of years. Well, I think it'll be quite a few weeks before anybody at North is not saying we've got wood. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. It's well, gonna... that was that sort of performance. <laughs> yes, okay. But, uh, yeah, look, you, you rate him? I rate... I've always rated him, which means that his downside, how he... How he is part of a team when he doesn't have the ball. Look, there's a reason why he hasn't played as much football as those goals and that performance would lend us to believe he should. So it must be work rate. And you know what? He's now got a flying start at the next stage of his career. 
Yep, good luck, Mason. Your turn. Oh, I've got a hot. And surprisingly, it's one of the losers from the weekend, the Gold Coast. First of all, it was a great game. Very enjoyable. I love the games at Mars. That's the second time we've had ultra-competitive games. The conditions took some conquering. And Gold Coast were good value, given how many players they had out. You saw GWS the night before. I think we might hear about them shortly. But they didn't complain about having Lynch out and May out and, and, and others. They got on with their business. But most importantly... That team contained nine Queensland-born footballers, mm. including debutants Ballard and Crossley. Now, that is big news for footy, I would have thought. It's their most ever, yeah. the most, I think, more than any team currently has of the four, you know, New South Wales and Queensland teams. Yeah. I don't think they've hit those heights. So it's a great effort. What about uh, Crossley? Is he the oldest-looking 19-year-old? Oh, didn't we hear that all commentary? Oh, oh actually, right. well, I didn't. Oh, but sorry, you know, the, the entire commentary. He looks like a 25-year-old. He does. Look, he's got a touch of the Nathan Carrolls about, about him. I know Nathan. Good man. But he was hard at it. His first impact on the game, he, he just ran, bowled over. Um, uh, Dunkley? N- number 16 um, for... The doggies. We'll come back to it. Yeah, yeah. Um, McLean. Oh, I told you McLean was. I yeah. thought it was Dunkley. And gee, I thought he was gone, but it was actually McLean's shoulder and he fought back. But I loved his attack on the ball. No, it's a good call. I, it's been a you know, phenomenal effort by them considering how tough it's been on the road for 10 weeks. And all the places have had to go, you know, to Melbourne, to Perth, oh, and gets, to it Mars. Get, it gets easier. So They're going to China. That's right. <laughs> and I'm going to be there to see them. More on that later. Uh, all right, I'm, sure, sure. I'm going. Uh, I'm going next with the knot, and it's a collective knot, and it goes to GWS. They stunk it up down at the Cattery, and uh, really, I know they've got a lot of injuries. Okay, who? Cameron, Deledio, Green, Kelly, Kennedy, Wobb, Scully, Williams. It's a considerable uh, toll, but the side they're playing's got a considerable toll as well. Ablett, Cockatoo. Uh, Henderson, Taylor, Smith, Menzel, um, Parfit. I think there's a couple I've left out there. Hall and Smith's another one. That's just one player. Uh, yeah, good, good call. But you've got to be competitive no matter who runs out in the ground. And they just basically wave the white flag. And when people get cynical about GWS, those performances are sort of the reason why. Wayne Carey wrote a... It was an interesting column about them, and people get a bit sick of the, oh, you know, the Giants are a bit selfish and they're not a real team, da-da-da. He made one good point, though, which was about the pressure on players at the bottom end of the list. And his theory is that when these guys go back to reserves level, is there enough pressure on them to perform? Because a lot of them are coming from Melbourne or other states, and rather than think, I've got to work my way back into the seniors to avoid playing NEFL, they're going, well, if I'm stuck not getting a regular game, I'm inevitably going to have another club come knocking on the door at the end of the year, given how many players have done that. Sure. Look, I think it's a reasonable theory. Look, for differing reasons, their two inclusions were extraordinary. Lockie Keefe hadn't played a game of senior AFL football since 2014, mm. and Dylan Buckley was surplus to needs at lowly Carlton, mm. and he gets a game really, without having added to his armoury at GWS. Um, they're scraping the barrel, but as you said, Geelong had players out. Got to be more competitive. This is a team that wants to go one step further than a prelim. 
It's not looking likely at the moment. It isn't. Go on. Uh, I've got a not hot, and it is my most hated thing in football, and I can't believe who is in the crosshairs. Who is it? Heath Grundy. I couldn't admire Heath Grundy more. Mm. Uh, he's just put together the most wonderful career, and he's one of those ageless footballers that could have been done four years ago and is still performing wonderfully well. But he did the lowest act on a football field, I reckon. That's a big call. Yeah, I, I consider it the lowest act. Having watched the game and umpired it up close yeah. and played a bit. Uh, he pushed an unsuspecting North player who was setting himself for a mark yeah. into another North player who was going for the mark. Okay, the cannon. He, yeah, and that's very dangerous. He pushed Cameron Zerha, is it Cameron Zerha? Mm. Into, I'm not sure who, I might have been right. And incredibly, the ball sort of spilled to him and the umpire uh, let it go on, but... On replay, look, it's just a, it's just a nasty act. It's, it's unfriendly, and when it's look, it was one player into one player. When it's done into a pack, it's really dangerous for both teams. Well, maybe there was a, uh, it wasn't Zerha, the guy that pushed um, uh, David Miro into the fence the other yeah, way. Yeah, he was. So maybe there's a bit of karma there. Because seven wasn't... years bad luck for breaking <laughs> a mirror. <laughs> Very good. You're you're in good punning form um, uh, today. But fine. but what do you honestly? That is a, a bad. Act. Yeah, no. Well, I didn't see the incident, but no, it's, it doesn't look good. Yeah, you know, I brought it up with a current hawk when he was a GWS star, mm. and it was actually taken up on one of the on the couch and one of those shows. They got the footage of it and, oh, yeah. and mentioned it. Yeah, Jager O'Meara had a bad habit when he started off. Yeah, okay. All right, last one. Speaking of the Hawks, uh, I'm finishing with a hot, and his name is James Sisley, or if you prefer, Dermot Brereton Jr., because there are many shades of a young Dermot in Mr. Sisley, I think, albeit it looks like in a different position. But I must admit, I, I was pretty dubious when they moved him from attack into defence. I thought, why are you wasting a potentially great key forward? But he's outstanding in that position. He absolutely demolished Essendon off halfback. 29 disposals as a key defender, 14 marks. So his play reading ability and being able to zone off and intercept is fantastic. He can also play as a negator. Um, and he kicked a goal. And what a goal a it was. thumping Well, I was going to say, what a goal it was. Yeah. It was off a few steps, and it was just wind up and bang. And he wanted the high five from Zoe Denver. And that was, you know, look, I, I barrack for the Bombers, and a lot of Essendon fans saw that and, and bristled, but I have, to, <laughs> I have to admit I laughed. I, I thought it was... And that's there's there's another Brereton comparison. But he is, uh, he's an emerging superstar. I think we're going to be hearing and talking about him for the next 10 years. He's a beautiful defender. Knows when to pair off. Knows the modern defender. Mm. But one-on-one, you can rely on him in the most serious of Great aerial moments. ability, yeah. Just on that, how about, how, I, Luke Bruce has always been a good player. Mm. What dazzling form he's in. Yeah, he's, uh, had, His he's, hands are just glorious He's been outstanding from yeah, the start of the year. They look nice. All right, you take us home. With a knot. Okay, Sorry. or two knots. Yep. Usual ratio is two two hots and one knot, but okay, if you mm. want to be Mr. Negative, go Sorry. on. Sorry. Okay, go on. Michael Hurley. Oh, uh, yes. Okay. What has happened to Hurley? Some of his kicking is... Awful. It's it's like Irishman first day at school. Um, he slipped one out on the full. I don't know what was going on. Can I give... Oh, no, go on. Yeah. Sorry, it's his your one-on-one, one, his ability to play one-on-one on an opponent is shot. 
Yep. It's like he's been to Brendan Goddard's masterclass of how not to pick up an opponent. Well, I think he's, personally, I think he's got carried away with that. It's a fine line between negating and attacking. Yeah, yeah. Particularly, his, his intercept work is still okay. Yeah, yeah, but I think, I think he has become a bit obsessed with accumulating numbers yep. and not doing yep. what the primary job is. Now, I'd be staggered if the coaching panel hadn't been in his ear about this, but it's like... Now it's ingrained in him. He's having trouble getting away from it. And he's, he's, he is a main culprit in that nasty Essendon habit now of just chipping around the half-back line. Yeah, that whole back line. I mean, did I not say earlier in the year I had concerns about Saad and McKenna together? You did. Saad now is... Yeah, he's, he's struggling. He's a deer in the headlights. Yeah. I thought, I thought McKenna was okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. But, but again, I'd, I'd argue, and this is off topic a bit, it, it, for me it all stems from the midfield. That midfield is yeah. a huge... Problem. But Hurley's too good a player to be like Heppel lifted because he's yeah. you know, Hurley is made of similar stuff. Yeah, there's a real there's a real leadership void I think on field there at the moment, and that's that's probably the other issue. Yeah. All right, good one to finish off on. There's our hot or not for this week. Time to bring it on home, finally, with the angriest segment of the show, and that of course is called the this week's recipe. No, it's the it's range. called the. Rant off. Rant off. Rightio, Fanny. Familiar theme, but an exciting new take on it. And I've got a lot of anger to give. You've always got anger to give, my friend. You are one pissed off hombre. You are a loco roco. Did you go to the pun shop on the way here? Did I yeah, there's a pun shop. Yeah? Where, there's no such thing as a Oh, pun I don't shop. know. I'm angry. All right, senor. El loco roco in three, two, and one. I'm pissed off about score reviews, Fanny. Again, seriously, can we go a week without some sort of controversy? Saturday night, we had two critical ones in two different codes. In Newcastle, Melbourne Victory might have won an A-League title on the back of the VAR, breaking down for 30-odd seconds, just as Costa Barbarossa scored. Now, don't get me wrong, as a Victory fan, that's technological failure I'd like to endorse. But at the SCG in a game North Melbourne won by two points, Jared McVeigh looked for all the world to have touched Billy Hartung's snap. The umps didn't think so. By the time the video guys got a chance to look at the replay, play had already started again. What are the ramifications? Well, it means the technology introduced to counteract human error is flawed, which in turn can mean only one thing, that we need human judgment to rule on the technology ruling on the human judgment. That's right, Finey. The ROCO review system will ensure these sort of mistakes are nipped in the bud. We get the initial call, then we review it all on video. Then we review the review process, a team of carefully selected IT experts judging whether the technology used was working properly. And if their ruling appears flawed, the aggrieved parties can always call for the ROCO robot, a state-of-the-art automaton able to rule on whether the review of the review of the review was flawed. And like Dexter from Perfect Match, maybe match you up with a hot chick for a date at the same time. With this sort of cutting-edge synergy of technology and human instinct, we'll be ensuring that the correct calls are made within at least 15 minutes of the original score. Using that time to conduct a viewer poll on what is the right outcome with one lucky audience member earning a guest umpire slot. It's genius! The real bonus being by the time the final decision is made, no one will remember, much less care, what we were even ruling on. Get on board the Roco Review, folks. Helping expedite the process of the game, continuing to shoot itself in the foot. All right, a couple of things. Well, it's a marketing opportunity and a rant. I liked it. It was humorous. It was fun. 
First of all, surely you're not one of those immature football fans that buys into an incident in the first quarter having an impact on the game if the margin says that that goal or that point, that goal should have been a point. You're talking about Tom Mitchell at the end of the No, no, I'm talking about Hartung. Irrelevant. It was a close game. Sydney were leading and North won it. Well, it was still decided by less than a kick. Yeah, I'm saying, but that, it, it all pulls itself together. The scoreboard was played in the last quarter mm. and North won oh, the no, arm I'm wrestling. not decrying North's win finally. I'm just saying the Roco review okay, system so the, can eliminate these annoying But errors. the bent fingers, surely the most valuable player in the draft next year is a double-jointed person with long <laughs> fingers because all he has to do is go near the ball and... Now, the Tom Mitchell one is unacceptable. Well, Why is... was that not reviewed? Okay, now we're getting serious Why was here. that not reviewed? Well, I've discussed this with the AFL today because weren't you, like I was, and I've had a blue with someone on Twitter about this, I'm sure that there was, a, a after one of these previous siren controversies, there was some sort of announcement about the siren would now count even if the umpire hadn't heard the call. The siren would signal the end of play. It's, it's, no, the, the, it's when the umpire hears yeah, it, no. but not when he signals it. Yeah, but well, according to the AFL, the video guys cannot rule on when the siren rang because that would be interfering in an on-field call and they'd have to rewrite the rules. So, you know what you do? Rewrite the rules. Yeah, you cannot absolutely. have. That is archaic. And it also doesn't affect the flow of the game. It's no. three-quarter three time, was it? Or yeah, half, yeah, no. Three-quarter three time. It's no goal. So you agree with that? Absolutely. It no is, goal. Isn't it guys, girls, is it kids? Isn't it just common sense? Sensitarians. The sounds is the end of the game. And if the umpire hasn't heard it and someone kicks a goal in the interim, the video review guys have the power to say, sorry, that doesn't count because the siren is wrong. It's not... As some free rocket surgery, correct. That's, you stole my line. Anyway, you could say brain science, <laughs> right? All right, let's get on with it. Your time. Are you angry? Yeah, I'm, I am angry. Actually, yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. I've heard it. Three, two, one. Rant. Just as night follows days, I'll start again. Just as night follows day, and Caroline Wilson follows Dustin Martin and Dane Swan with a GoPro and a dictaphone. So, the complaints by football fans when one of their players is set to face the tribunal. Of course, under the new system, Michael Christian makes this time-lapse irrelevant. Well, he's got rid of it in the case of quick decisions, but ones that go to the tribunal allow bleating football fans to get on to talkback radio, whatever medium they can, to plead the unpleadable. So let's fast forward to West Australian Dean Maggots, or Margetts, however it's pronounced over there. It's Derby or Derby, so he could be a maggot, being manhandled by Tom Hawkins. It's unacceptable. Margetts went in there and he gesticulated to Hawkins about a, another incident and Hawkins brushed him away, pushed his hand. You don't touch the umpire. Umpires are not to be touched. I umpire. And as soon as we put the whistle around our necks or through our fingers, we become porcelain. We cannot be touched, for we are precious. Seriously, don't touch us. There's no excuse for this, except on Talkback Radio, where Geelong supporters are blaming Margetts. They're blaming, they're saying that it was a, a gentle um, gesticulation of his own, almost a, a fist pumping, a g'day. No, it wasn't. And if it wasn't a Geelong player, all those hicks from down the coast would be up in arms like the rest of us. But no, they make a case. 
They are about as rational as an eight-year-old on Christmas morning who's found out it's not presents this year, but donations to the World Wildlife Fund. There's no reasoning with a football fan trying to save their man from the tribunal noose. Whether it's Hawkins this year, Dangerfield last year, Coxon last year, thank goodness that Ivan the Terrible and Jack the Ripper didn't play football in the AFL because their crimes would have been ameliorated by football fans ringing into talkback radio, giving reasons why they butchered and slaughtered, why they turned people into cadavers. No, it wasn't cadavers. They're just sleeping. They're resting. Give them a week. Give them a fine. Jack the Ripper would have got a slap on the wrist if he played for Geelong. That's good stuff. I agree with you. And I know you're sensitive about these things because you do umpire. Were, were Geelong people really blaming Margetts? Absolutely. Well, what could you blame him for? That he shouldn't have been getting in Hawkins' space and making gestures towards there. him. Yeah, well, you could tell Tom knew he'd stuffed up because he gave a quite apologetic interview after that game on um, AFL Nation. And, and let me tell you, I saw that, and I've had plays, you can imagine down in uh, D3 in the ammos in the reserves, I've had players gesticulate, go berserk, but never, ever touch me. No, I agree. You I can't agree. touch us. We're, we're, we're precious. So what does he get? Pardon? What does Tomahawk get? What's appropriate? If it was Saudi Arabia, he'd get his hands cut off. But yeah. in the AFL, he should get two weeks. Yeah, I reckon he'll get one. But yeah. I, I reckon his suspension is in order because it wasn't even a brush, was it? He actually, he actually reached out and slapped his hand away. Yeah, yeah, he mm. did. And okay. you know, the old, the old, oh, don't do that. What's but that worth? Dermot Burton and Brad Johnson were doing it on Fox Football oh, last they? night, oh, slapping each other. And... <laughs> okay, it's funny it? because Dermot always adheres to the players' code, and he never wants to see a player yeah, get yeah. rubbed out. But he said it was serious and wanted a very large fine. What's a very large fine for Dermot? Well, for Tom Hawkins, I don't know. Three nightclub entry cards or something. Well, Tom's a country boy, maybe (laughs) three cows and 20 head of sheep. All right, now good stuff. I enjoyed it. Uh, Okay, well, that's it for our Round 7 review here on Footyology TV. Um, And that's it for me for a uh, couple of weeks. I'm, uh, I'm heading off to China. I'm heading off to Hong Kong. I'm heading off to Shanghai where I will take in the Gold Coast Port Adelaide game. And then I'm heading to Beijing for a couple of days with my lovely partner, Abigail. That's going to be a very exciting trip. Have a lo- lovely time. I will, but I'm being more than capably replaced by Ronnie Werner, footyology employee number 563. Ronnie will be capably filling the breach in that chair while you sit in this chair. Are you up to the hosting responsibilities, finally? Absolutely. And when you told me that your replacement would be a good learner. I thought it was going to be a kid, but Ronnie Lerner is a good learner, Ooh, so that'd be good. He's a pun. The final pun. We're heavy on puns. Okay, so uh, that's it from... You don't know from... anything in Chinese, do Yeah, you? I do, I do, and I'm going to sign off with it. So you say goodbye. Goodbye. And I will simply say, Zai Jen.